You are now listening to the Lifelong Learning Defined Podcast with your host, George Valenzuela. This is education coach George Valenzuela. Welcome to the Lifelong Learning Defined Podcast, where I provide all educators, whether instructional leaders or teachers, tips on how to be their best both personally and professionally. Now let's get into it. I am relentless in my pursuit of growth and serving others. We are here today with my very good friend, Michelle Moore. Now, Michelle is an educational consultant. She's a STEM and computer science expert and the regional manager of customer service for a company called Paper. How are you, my sister? <laughs> I'm doing great. It's so good to talk to you again, George. I'm so excited. Oh, likewise, likewise. Now, I love that you excel in three major areas of your life. Number one, you're an awesome mom, and I strive to be an awesome parent, so I really have to give you kudos. Number two, you're very dedicated to your fitness journey, as I am as well. And three, you're passionate about learning, and I know a little bit about learning. Now, before we get into how you excel at each of these three things at such a high level, can you please introduce yourself to the folks that may not know you? And I know a lot of people know you, so that would be hard to do. (laughs) You're too kind. Um, My name is Michelle Moore. I live in Tampa, Florida. I was a public service educator for 12 years before stepping outside of uh, the public school district in 2019 and joining the ed tech world. And it's kind of just been a whirlwind ever since. But I've worn many hats throughout my career from classroom teacher to professional development specialist to code.org facilitator to like every other title, you know, that I could possibly (laughs) put on, even if it was just for the blink of an eye. Yeah. So, Michelle, for folks that don't know, wears a lot of hats. She's been in education for a long time. She has a wide um, um, Twitter following, and that's actually how we met. And I want to give her the, the space to you know, describe our relationship, but I would like to say publicly, and I've told her this in private, so it's, so it's not a secret to her, but it might be to a lot of people. I feel like Michelle helped me grow my business. Now, I got to back up a little bit, and I have to explain to you about my business a little bit. So In my coaching work, I was not a speaker before 2020. I was a coach. And in my coaching work, I used a lot of high-yielding strategies. And that was really the secret sauce to all of my workshops. And so, as you know, 2020, you know, COVID hit, everything shut down, all of my work shut down. And at that time, she worked at a company called Nearpod. And Nearpod has a platform, as we all know that allows learners to engage with the presentation. So I had a client, one client out of all the ones I had that said, George, I will give you a shot and we can do the workshop online, but it has to be engaging. And I'll be honest, I didn't know how to recreate the magic of using high yielding strategies, instructional strategies in a virtual setting. And Michelle being an expert in Nearpod and in breakout rooms in Zoom, She very kindly took three different hour-long sessions to coach me and get me where I needed to be. Make a long story short, that one client loved the workshop. She had a ton of funding. She knew a lot of other friends, and I was booked every single day just about for about eight months. 
and what I learned from Michelle. I put that into articles. Then ISTE put me in front of the world at their Summer Learning Academy, and the rest is history. So <laughs> I had to give you those, 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 those um, props and those kudos. You helped me as you helped so many other people. Can you share a little bit about our relationship now? Yeah, and I got to give you a shout out because I don't know if George has said this in maybe other podcasts, but like he was humble enough to know like I need help, right? Like the world has shifted and I it's interesting to me as someone, you know, who used to present and then kind of left that world for a little bit. The the shift during COVID and it really was a who's willing to step outside of their comfort zone and evolve. And who's going to keep trying to do the same thing? And like, you're not going to make it right. Like, this isn't just a two week shutdown anymore. Now we really have to push ourselves. So like, cannot give him enough kudos for just reaching out and saying like, hey, I'm not sure what this is going to look like now. Like, can we chat? And that's like my favorite thing in the world. So of course, <laughs> um, but what, what he's leaving out is like, he is the person that will bring up your name in rooms when you're not there. And I think you've built such a great community because people know that like you want to support them, you want to learn, you want to grow, and you also want to support others in that growth. And um, it just comes from a very authentic place. Well, I do appreciate that. And we will give you your flowers at the end of, of this session. <laughs> so <laughs> let's transition into parenthood because that's one of the things that you – that you really excel at. And as you know, well, for folks that don't know, um, I have a son and a daughter and I take my role as a parent very seriously. And there was a time that I was a single parent. I'm not a single parent now, but I think I went five, six years and that's not an easy thing. So Michelle, can you explain a little bit about how you view your role as a parent and what makes you so awesome? Whew, yeah, it, it was funny when when you picked that as an area that I excel in, because I think any parent would probably agree, like they're not necessarily feeling like they're excelling in it. But I have two boys, they're 10 and 12, and they are complete opposites. I always compare them to Felix and Oscar and the odd couple, like just <laughs> worlds apart. You know, one is clean, one is messy, one is extroverted, one is introverted. Uh, nothing that works for one is going to work for the other. And I think, um, like most parents will admit, it's the hardest job in the world. It's also the one job mm. that you really don't want to fail at, but you know you're going to. I accepted very early on that I was going to do something at some point that would make them go to therapy later on. <laughs> and I was like, my job is just to minimize the amount of therapy that they have to go to. <laughs> um, wow. it, it, to me, it's really, and I think the the grace that we have in the world that we live in now and raising children now is that we really um, do take like a whole child approach and I can treat them like little mini humans and have always tried to give them a voice and choice in situations where that's possible because we know there's not always going to be that flexibility there. So, you know, being a mom to me is really just like, being there for them, being their coach, being their mentor, and really trying to just like love them unconditionally and make sure that they understand that love is unconditional. Mm, that is so good. So good. That unconditional love, unconditional regard. And I think you might have 
probably realize this already as most parents do. It's all about relationships. And like, so I'm a little bit ahead of you. My son is 17 and my daughter is 20. And my son, although he's 17, I feel like he's going on 25. I mean, he's dating someone older. You know, I don't want to say how older, but I was surprised. I was surprised. And, and I will say this. It's all about relationships. Um, you know, like I tell them, you're contemplating or you will be contemplating a lot of different things and peer pressure. I think before the age of 25, it gets most people. And so mm -hmm. I say to them, I love you the most. I care about you the most. And so does your mom. While you're contemplating whatever you are, can you come holler at us first? So that has worked in my home. I think, right? I'm not sure if I hear everything, but I hear a lot of things, right? So how do you maintain those relationships? And what is that like with younger kids? Yeah, it's it's funny. So my, my little one, I call him my shadow and he's the extroverted one. And I don't have to worry about him not sharing because he will share everything. He knows like <laughs> who lives where, who plays what sport, like why somebody wasn't at school. And he loves to just come home and tell me all the achievement, like, you know, so-and-so got in trouble today because he didn't do X, Y, and Z. Like he's so good about, you know, just speaking openly with me. And I so appreciate that about him and try to like nurture it because I know eventually it'll lead to more difficult conversations. Um, the, my eldest one is like my stoic, strong, masculine, you know, we're not going to talk about our feelings. I don't know where he got that from because no one around here doesn't talk about feelings, but sure enough, he did. And, um, it's so funny because you have to almost put on like your friend hat to try to get them to try to open up to you in that way. And it's not like, what are we going to do that's going to make mom happy or is going to make the adults happy? But like, what activity can we do that's really going to put them in their element where they feel like open and safe and like, this is fun. And now I can feel comfortable sharing. So um, for my eldest, I can't believe I'm going to admit this. This means watching a lot of YouTube videos with him. And he loves sharing with me these like obnoxious YouTube videos, but he like starts talking about them. And then he goes and he's very imaginative. So once I can get him speaking about really creative things, like he doesn't stop. Um, so that's like one bonding activity that I try to do with him is, you know, he'll say like, mom, can I show you this really cool video I saw on YouTube? And I'm like, yeah, like, come on, let's go. And it gets him to open up a little bit. But the thing I do with both of them, every Thursday we have game board night and it's always like something different. But lately we have been on a twister kick and like <laughs> I highly recommend, I don't care if you're an adult, I don't care if it's like with your partner, I don't care if you don't have kids, like go play twister because it has been so much fun. And I think just having that like lighthearted, no expectations, free time of bonding has brought out like this whole other side of them that I just haven't seen in a while. And it's been so great. So now I'm like on a twister, you know, uh, tour telling everybody like, go buy it. It's like 12 bucks. Like you're not going to regret it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will go buy twister. And so don't forget twister and don't forget flexibility. All right. I don't forget those two things. Um, so it's interesting in your response and 
I keep hearing a theme from other guests. I had Dr. Sheldon Akins. I had Trey Gamage yesterday. And they both said that they led that they let their children lead the interest, mm-hmm. right? Or the topic of the thing that you're going to learn with them and from them or the activity, like you said, YouTube. And that's an interesting strategy. Um, that is something that I, I never really did. My kids ended up, so my son ended up liking everything I do, not for a while. So he had a K-pop um, <laughs> moment. That's great. And my daughter is the opposite. So I'm all about you know urban drama. Like I love the power universe. It's like a multi-universe or a metaverse for drug dealers from 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 New York and it's expanded into other states and so I enjoy those stories now my daughter likes stranger things oh I love stranger things <laughs> well here's the thing though there's a lot of et in that from back in the day right like you know like I I caught that there was an influence of et but I'll be honest as I try to watch stranger things season one was great I know. Season I know. two and three, I kind of feel like this. I can see why people like it, but I struggle to be present and I would fall asleep and I'd be on my phone. So what would you say to a parent like me or other parents that are struggling to connect with their kids and their interests? What advice would you give them? Whew, it's like me in those YouTube videos. Yeah, fake it till you make it. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I mean, I think obviously like trying, you know, and like you said, like calling yourself out when you're not being present, but also Mm -hmm. something that works with my eldest is I think it's helped us bond like on a deeper level when we both experience something new for the first time together. So, um, uh, (laughs) I talked me into doing once again, like things I wouldn't do. We, uh, I think it was right after COVID, after being like cooped up forever and not knowing when we could travel again and and whatnot, um, they talked me into taking them indoor rock climbing. And Mm. I don't have a lot. I live in Florida. Everything's flat. We don't have anywhere to do this. So I was like, cool, sure, I'll go. And then I walk in and I see like the huge wall and I was like, oh, I don't know about this. I was like, (laughs) all right, I'm on a rope. Nothing can happen. Cool. And then, of course, the little one, that's the extroverted one, was like, I want to go do the bouldering over there without the rope. I was like, of course you do. (laughs) 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 That, like, shared experience of having, like, the fear, the excitement, the am I going to fail? Am I going to succeed? Are we going to like this? I think really helped us bond and, like, even the playing field because nobody knew if they were going to like it or not. They assumed Mm. they were going to like it, but they weren't sure. Um, so that was really neat. I think if you're struggling, like really think of, you know, like if you're really like not into whatever the child is into, or maybe, you know, just age level wise, there's nothing much there. Just do something, um, unique together, like indoor skydiving, indoor rock climbing, something that's going to put you both out of your comfort zone and just have that shared experience together and see like, how do they react? How do they feel? How are they responding to this? And maybe failing at something for the first time in their life. So you're learning it together, mm-hmm. you know? And I heard that that's really good advice for couples that are dating and are struggling to find exciting dates. 
is to yeah. do something brand new together. Wow. Okay, so I got two main takeaways. And the reason why this podcast is called the Lifelong Learning to Find Podcast is because when I started my company, I felt that for George, I figured out what lifelong learning was. I defined what my personal and my professional learning was, and I wanted to help other educators with that. And so when I meet people, they don't stop and ask me, hey, George, can you tell me all about that SEL and PBL and that computer science and that STEM and instructional design? Can you get me right with that? No, that happens in a workshop, okay? <laughs> and, and even then, workshops tend to take a long time and people want to know about things like this, everyday life, you know, their personal relationships, um, how to connect with their own kids. And so that's why this, this podcast, it focuses on things that might be in education, but they don't have to be in education. So I got two major things here. Number one, fake it till you make it, let them share their, their interests. And even if it's not your thing, you got to suck it up and call yourself out when you need to and be there for your kid and be present. And two, try things that are brand new to both people or to everyone in the room. Fantastic. <laughs> so in the spirit of lifelong learning, I want to get into fitness journey. And you, my friend, excel at a very high level in your fitness journey. And I call it a journey because I did not know it was a journey back in the day. I felt like it was a destination, a destination to a six pack, a destination to looking good with no clothes on um, at the beach, at the pool. But in actuality, it's really a journey for your entire life. So can you tell us about your journey? With yeah. Fitness? And I, I have to prep. It's just so funny when I, when I, read over the topics you wanted to discuss, you know, cause it's, it's just interesting um, what other people pick up about you. So I have to preface this by saying I was not an athlete. Like I was a book nerd. If there was a talent show in school, my talent would have been reading a book really, really fast. <laughs> like I uh, grew up with my father being like super athletic, super into fitness and I had a very uh, athletic sister with a very athletic body. She actually went into the Marines. So she's like a total BA. Uh, and like, I was just like, I, I'm not like them. Like what? Like just, I had glasses at age nine and I just wanted to be with my books all the time. So I wrote off fitness for a long time thinking like, that's just not part of who I am. That's not part of my life. Uh, luckily, you know, I grew up and then I went to college and your body starts changing. And I was like, Ooh, like, yeah, maybe I should start doing some exercise because reading books all the time isn't really helping me feel good about, you know, myself when I wake up in the morning. And, uh, that like got me into yoga, got me into some late, um, you know, uh, strength training and little things, little, it was all like bare minimum type things. And then uh, when I got called to, you know, have the toughest job of my life, which was being a mom, I was very adamant that I wanted a natural birth. Like, I don't know why that idea just got in me. And I was like, this is what my body was made for. I am woman. Hear me roar. Like, I'm going to do this the way that, like, you know, I'm supposed to. 
And uh, it's very important that you're in very good health if you want uh, natural labor. So that really was the beginning of my fitness journey, was my first pregnancy with my eldest. And ever since then, thankfully, it's stayed a focus. But I always say it's funny to me when I hear them talk about self-care for teachers because the level of fitness I have now would be almost impossible if I were still in the classroom. And I say that because mm. I have the time to, uh, George knows I just finished a half marathon. I had the time to train two a days so I could do my cardio and my strength training or my cardio and my yoga all in one day. I can't imagine being able to do that when I used to go to a high school from like 6.30 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Like, it's just a lot. And then the other part is financially, I have the resources to also, you know, be able to work out whatever type of workout I want. So I know there's plenty of exercising and workouts you can do low cost to no cost, but I'm the type of person I work from home all day. I want to get outside. I want to go socialize. And it's my excuse to go see other people and remind myself I'm not just like on a computer screen all day. Um, so very, <laughs> very fortunate. Do want to call that out. <laughs> Uh, but what really um, motivated me to just stick with it is um, after my children, I have uh, grandparents that are elderly. Now I have a 91-year-old grandmother. My grandfather passed away. But I just saw them getting older. And I was like, man, like, I want to be able to touch my toes when I'm 90. Like, that mm -hmm. is my goal. Like, I, I don't want to have to depend on people to like, I don't want to be in a walker. I don't want to be in a wheelchair. I just really want to be like healthy and mobile as long as possible. And so that's what I'm working towards. And it's just funny that as a side effect, to your point, you, there is a little bit of vanity and you do get some abs and you do get some muscle. <laughs> yeah. So you definitely have that. <laughs> you definitely have that. So, so that's a great side effect. Um, so I'm very big on strategies, very big. And one of the strategies I use that you use is that you work out with other people. So I have a friend named Stacy. And when I see Stacy coming, I know pain is coming because Stacy has muscles on his muscles, right? And I know that the reason why I do it, and I'm not sure if Stacy knows this, but I basically realize that he knows more than I do. So why would I try to figure stuff out on my own when I have a great support system that happens to be a friend? And I've noticed that that's a strategy that you use because you're always with a group of people. All right. Yeah. So I met Stacy. I have a couple of other friends. How do you meet these people? Like, where are these amazing, awesome people that are willing to fit you into their journey? And now you're like all on it together. So how does that happen? Well, first of all, I live in Tampa, Florida. Everyone around here, like, you got to be in shape. <laughs> oh, okay, 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 okay. All right. So it's like Florida, LA, right? Summer, all year round. Everyone's, gotcha, gotcha. you know, I've joked with you before about the crop tops. Like, everyone's running around. <laughs> you got to feel good about yourself. But uh, no, gotcha. I'm, I'm, what I've noticed, um, especially since COVID, I feel like there's been this shift where people really do want to, like, feel good about themselves. It's not even, you know, we're joking about abs, but I feel like people just really want their bodies to feel good. I think there's like a hyper awareness of your health. And since COVID, I feel like it's been easier to find people who are willing to really make it a priority mm -hmm. 
I, I tried to go running with people a couple of years ago and there's a lot of like not showing up or they would sleep in, you know, just a lot of, a lot of that. And I feel like now everyone is just really prioritizing their health as they should. So, um, you know, th- that part hasn't been a struggle, but I do live in a community where there's a lot of walking, there's a lot of bicycling. So people are outdoors a lot. And I think it's just part of the life that, you know, you just want to exercise. It's part of the culture. Got it. Yeah, got, it, got, it culture. got it. Got it. Now that makes sense. Now that makes sense. So I do want to, so I can talk to you about health all day, but you know, obviously it's Friday and we have fun things to do. Um, it's my birthday weekend, so I have to, <laughs> you know, be mindful of that. But flexibility and touching your toes when you're 90 mm-hmm. years old, right? So, all right, you have this thing where on Fridays you do a gratitude post. You've been doing Monday. this for years. Every Monday, every Monday, oh, Monday. we start. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe I see it on Fridays. In fact, all right. So, I apologize, Michelle. I don't know my days anymore. You know, oh, I, so you know, yeah, I'm in different cities, so I don't even know my days, but yes, okay, it's Mondays. So you're you flex hard, hard like your first picture is typically you doing a stretch, and you know, typically, I don't really care about what anyone else does, but flexibility is something that I've been so I injured my shoulder recently. And so I've been learning that flexibility is an important thing. Yeah. But when I watch your pictures, I'm like, ouch, that looks like it hurts. How did you become so damn flexible? Like, how do you do that? Yeah. And it feels great. That's the thing. Um, It feels so good. So um, I was very fortunate to your point of surrounding yourself with people who are health and like-minded. A couple of years ago, uh, I had a friend that was very into strength, strength training and mobility and really like showed me the importance of like, okay, you want to touch your toes when you're 90, you're going to have to do a bunch of mobility work. And so a lot of the exercises that I do focus on um, like hip mobility, shoulder mobility, which you're going to probably have a lot of PT exercises, you know, <laughs> to yeah. do to get your shoulder back right. Um, mm-hmm. But there's, I was, it's so funny. I was just talking to someone about this today who shared a similar sentiment. And I was like, just Google like mobility exercises and do like 15 minutes a day. And 15 is, if you do 15 minutes every day, that's like way more than you need. And you'll be doing more than me. Um, you know, like, but it's just little exercises that really help you um, stay flexible. And I've noticed on Instagram, I don't know if the algorithm figured me out or what, but I feel like I'm seeing more mobility exercises than ever before. So either people are finally getting the memo that that's more important than like benching 400 pounds, or if, you know, they're just targeting me because somehow they figured out that I'm into that kind of stuff, but it's not hard. It's just, consistency and effort, which, you know, I talk a lot about that, like just being consistent and making it a priority and you will do whatever you want to do. Well, that's fantastic. It's so good. And you are definitely someone, someone to watch in, in fitness, especially if you're an educator out there, follow Michelle, follow Michelle. (laughs) You will definitely be inspired. 
All right. So now we're going to transition into passion for learning. And when I began my journey of learning, um, and I think anyone that knows me knows that teaching and learning is my passion. Um, I often joke that it's something I would do for free. If God took away all of my bills, no bills, I would do everything I'm doing for free. And I learned a long time ago, years ago, that in order to be really good at something, your job or your career, you need to put in 10 extra hours a week, a week, in order for you to be where you want to be as far as your learning. And I know that I have put in way more than 10 hours. Like I have killed the game, right? But I've also learned this. If something is not your passion, you're not going to do it. So, Michelle. Mm -hmm. How did you develop your passion of learning and how did you know that it was for you? Yeah, it's funny because I'm on the other end of the spectrum where if you took all my bills away, I would go to school forever. Like I just love school. Like if somebody could just pay me to go to school all the time, I, I would be so happy. And uh, it's funny because I have a very distinct memory for this answer back before computers and Google. I don't know if y'all were fancy and had the encyclopedia set in your house because that was like a big deal. So my grandfather, one year for Christmas, gifted us an encyclopedia set. And mm. I was probably like four years old. And I just thought like, wow, all the world's knowledge is in these books. If I just read these books, I will know everything. <laughs> And, you know, I am a little competitive. So, of course, my four-year-old self started getting out the book and just like randomly reading stuff until I would fall asleep because I didn't really know what I was reading. But it was in me from such a young age. And I don't know, you know, how you instill that in someone. But I was just always eager to learn and ask questions. And I was never satisfied. It's, so, yeah. so the thing that I've, so it's so interesting because the new mantra or the thing that, that I have this here is that I'm not doing something. I'm learning how to do something. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So right mm -hmm. now, right? Like I have the new podcast show. Folks that have been following me, you know that I've been doing podcasting for as a guest since 2017. And then I had my own podcast in 2021 on the BAM Radio Network, SEL in action. And so I've been doing this, but now I'm doing a completely different format. And the thing that I'm that that I'm telling myself is that this year in 2023, I'm learning how to do a great podcast. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Right, so think about that, right? And so what are you learning right now? Because we know you're passionate about learning. What are you learning in 2023? Oh, I got, I got a lot of learning to do. Um, I'm, I'll, it's a very personal intention that I've set for this year. And I, I know I've shared some, some of these things with you, but I am really working on learning how to love and accept myself. And mm -hmm. it's like, it, I, I don't just say that lightheartedly. You know, I, I know people are like, oh, like self-acceptance or self-love is important. Like I am diving deep 
into how can I love myself best because only mm. in loving myself best am I really going to love others as much as I'm capable of. So there's mm. going to be like an abundance of love pouring out of me if I can figure out how to truly love myself first. Uh, there's something I can say to that. That's just, I mean, it's fantastic. It's amazing. And if you don't mind, so I did want to speak about forgiveness, but I realized that it would really go off topic a little bit. And I think that we can speak about that all day in self-love. So we're going to have you back. Is that cool? Like in April? <laughs> yeah. Is that cool? All right, great. Oh, oh, right, fantastic. Because honestly, these are the topics that people really want to know about. These are the things that everyone is struggling with. And I know me, when I worked on myself, like I went an entire year, an entire year back in 2011, 2012, just working on healing spiritually, emotionally, the whole thing. One day I was at work and we were holding a conference, about 150 teachers. And the keynote speaker had traffic or something. And, and my colleagues, they all froze. And they said, George, can you speak with the crowd? And I had never really done that before. And I can honestly say this, that I had worked on myself, on my healing, on loving myself. And when I picked up the mic, the gift that I have now was revealed to me in that very moment. Now I had to work on certain things. I like anyone that knows polishing me. polishing to do. <laughs> right, right, right. Anyone that knows me knows that I've gotten way more dynamic as I used to be. But in that very moment, this was, you know, really given to me. And so I think that's an episode that we can have with someone like you, because I know you have a lot of insight. So let's stick back to the script. One more question. To someone who knows they need to level up, they need to learn more, but they're struggling to make time, they are struggling to focus, what are th three things that they can do right now? And even if you don't have three things or one thing that they can do right now so they can start. Yeah. And I think you almost spoke to it earlier when you said you have to be passionate about something or you just won't do it. So with that, yes, you have to be passionate, but also like you need to remember your why. So what is the reason that you want to do this thing, whether it's learning something or, you know, creating a new habit or picking up a new skill? You have to be like very, very grounded in that why. Because that why is what's going to motivate you when there is no motivation. That why will get you out of bed when you can't get out of bed. That why is what is going to be your effort and consistency when you feel like you have none. Mm -hmm. Well, we can't go forever, but it's Friday. So <laughs> I'll stop there. But this is part of the show where you get your flowers. And, you know, Michelle, I have to tell you that in our relationship, you have never reached out to me to ask me for anything. But I have reached out to you several times to get my name in certain rooms, to ask you for you know coaching, individual coaching. 
And I know I'm not the only person that you have helped out that, that, you know, lean on you. And I just want to say thank you publicly for being a support to me, to other people. Not only that, you are a very accomplished educational consultant. Um, you've done things before a lot of us were doing them. And so I just want to let you know that you're appreciated. You are well-respected. I love you. I know a lot of other people love you. And you, if you have it, you definitely will see the results of your good works. So thank you. Oh, thank you. That's like, it's just, it's, it's, it's awesome. And I have reached out for you about something. So I will say that. Uh, remember, I don't remember. I, I know you're not going to remember. You'll remember when I told you or when I say it. Um, I wanted to write more. And I was like, I don't know. Like everyone keeps oh, saying, like, yeah. you need to write, you need to write, you need to write. And George was the one that was like, just write once a week. And over, if you write once a week, you're going to be a great writer. And at the end of the year, you'll know like what you actually like writing about. Uh, full confession, I did not do that exercise. <laughs> Back to you need to know your why. Everyone was telling me you need to write a book. And I was like, what do I write about? And I, it was not my why. Um, like George said, I'm, I'm very much uh, a better supporter and cheerleader for other people than I am for myself. But that's why I'm trying to love myself more this year. But I think if you write a blog post or an article about everything that we talked about today, because <laughs> you have all that insight, right? See, see, that's the thing, right? Like teachers are supposed to blog about what they're doing every day in the classroom people should blog about what they're doing every day in their life. And there's someone out there that needs that. But not only that, the insight and the knowledge that you develop along the way, it's the part that makes you, it leads you to where you want to go with any specific topic. So I told you and the audience three things that I love and respect about you. What is one thing that you want to leave the people with that we did not that they may not know about you. I feel like y'all have already heard more than probably some people in my family. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. All right, cool. So let's put this into the universe. How can people contact you so they can hire you to come and speak to their staff, not just in America, all over the world? How can we contact you? Uh, Twitter or LinkedIn is the best way, and it's at Michelle4EDU. Thank you, and that's it for today. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Lifelong Learning Defined podcast with George Valenzuela.